There is a space where you are all you need, where you are all you want. All there is is here. Welcome to the Source Connection, conversations about who we truly are, the possibilities of creation and the new earth we are birthing, with your host, Tara Long and Liz B. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm Tara, and I'm here with my co-host, who people call Liz sometimes. And we're here with our very special guest, Veda Austin, today. Um, Before we um, head into our conversation, let's do what we always do, which is take a few moments to be together in this moment right now. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you can, Just sit or lie or whatever feels good for you. And you can close your eyes and feeling your breath slow down and become more even. Feeling your body slow down. Relax. And we can be together now in the space of the great mystery that we all are. There's nothing to do here. There's no one to be. We can let time slip away. Connecting deeper to your source.
Feeling yourself in the chair, wherever you're sitting and lying. Taking a nice deep breath. Turning the planes overhead. <laughs> Whatever else is around you. Feeling yourself fully, feeling all of yourself here in this moment, bringing all of yourself here in this moment to be fully embodied, to be fully present, to be fully you and all your brilliance. When you're ready, you can open your eyes if you'd like and come back to the space. Hmm. Ada, thank you for being here today. We'd love to invite you to introduce yourself and just tell us how you came to be here in this moment with us and whatever else you'd like to share. Well, I'm so, I'm so grateful, firstly, for that beautiful little meditation. I had to open my eyes because I could feel, I, because I'm, I'm so physically tired and mm. I could feel myself going, oh, if, I, if I keep my eyes closed any longer, I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> So that was lovely. Um, well, I'm I'm here because these you guys, you beautiful divine women, asked me to be here, and something of which I've spoken about over the course of this time inspired you to do that. And for anyone that doesn't know me, I've, um, I've been a water researcher and a lover of water for the last um, nine years. And I've been a lover of water my whole life because really we are bodies of water in relationship with other bodies of water. Mm. And our first relationships are usually with the person that's caring for us. And so we often don't think about it like that, the water being um, people. But we're only mm. ever a, a cut away from leaking or an emotion like tears away <laughs> from fluid, a toilet break away from fluid, you know, an exercise away from fluid. Uh, and yet, when we look in the mirror and we see this physical body, we don't realize that we see everything, if we have sight, through the lens of water. Because our eye lens is 99% highly ordered structured water. There's nothing we see in the world that isn't seen through a lens of water mm. and so uh, within the realm of work that I do I was inspired um, by a number of people but three particularly and they really got me into this place of inquiry as I always say to people don't believe everything you see uh, don't believe everything you like, like see on in, in, in Instagram or Facebook or social media. Don't believe everything you read. Like if you can, discover something for yourself. Mm. And so the the first person 
That intrigued me with what he was sharing. And I know he intrigued many people around the world. Um, was uh, Masaru Emoto's work. Mm. And sadly, although, because I spent so much time with scientists, so I can see, I can see their, their perspective. I think it's important to see everybody's perspective because we all come from different places and thought processes. He really wasn't embraced by the scientific community. But he was greatly embraced and his work was greatly embraced by so many people around the world because he really opened the doorway for people to see themselves as bodies of water that mm -hmm. are sensitive to thoughts, emotions uh, mm -hmm. and their environment. And so within that realm, he would show, uh, take photographs, flash frozen photographs of water microscopically. And he would have, and, I, and I'm sure most people already know this, I'm probably saying all the stuff you already know, but I think it's still nice to just kind of recap mm -hmm. that he would get two, say two cups of water, one with the word love, one with the word hate, and he would take a small amount of that water, flash freeze it and photograph the crystals that formed or didn't form. And so the work he showed was so contrasting and that the word love would form a specific geometry or it kind of just really looked like snowflake. And each, each kind of time water in his work would show geometries that were very similar, but not necessarily, not exactly the same. And it's, it's interesting as I've, been doing this work myself, and I'll get into that later. I, I kind of like to talk about that because it's rare to see anything that's the same in nature. There's a, there's a lot mm -hmm. of things that are similar, but it's mm -hmm. rare that you see something really reoccurring in, in, in the same way. Mm -hmm. And so if you can remind me to talk about that, that would be really great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so that was really interesting, and I, I was like, that's, that's, that's so cool. Like, I wonder if water really can store information in this way. Mm -hmm. I wonder, really, if water is sensitive to words, to thoughts. Like, we're bodies of water, so we're sensitive towards words and thoughts and all these different things. So it kind of made sense. And then the next person was, he's, he's become a friend of mine. He's a French microscopic photographer called Laurent Costa. And he's not so well known, but I talk about him all the time. And hopefully he really will. He is well known in France. Uh, but his I, kind of ethos behind taking these photographs is that he was not in the mindset of experimentation. And I can 100% jump on board with that idea. Mm. I, he considered water to be his spiritual teacher. Mm. And... He was in right, what I say is right relationship with water. And that is that he didn't want to experiment on water. It's just like you and I and the rest of the world, really. Uh, we're all bodies of water and I'm pretty sure no one wants to be experimented on. And so he would just simply set this intention that water would show him whatever it liked. And I, I've always admired him for that. I always really loved that because he stayed open, curious, and respectful. 
Mm. And so he would he would sometimes look into peach, the peach, look into the water. However, he did it, and he would get little tiny bit of water and flash freeze it too in his own way. But he would like smile at the water or something. He would get smiley faces in, <laughs> in the ice, and he would get hearts and fish, oh. and, like things that were not geometric. Like, he mm. would get art in water. Wow. And I, I got wow. pictures I can show you as we go on, but it's nice to kind of hear it, and then you can identify, oh, yeah, I really talked about that. So when you see his pictures, they kind of like, as soon as you see the smiley faces, it just makes you smile. And we, we're, we're, it's interesting, there was a show, a movie years ago called Abyss, I think, and there was this kind of water creature that, that was made of this like a water plasma and it would like look like a big kind of long, I don't know, eel thing. And it ended up coming up into this um, a kind of submarine thing. I'm, I'm really vague on what exactly it was down there. <laughs> they were doing these studies. Anyway, this, this, this creature, this water creature came up and it, it basically took on the face of the person it was looking at. And wow. so if it was like someone screamed, it would like look scared and look scream and they'd be able to, it was a reflection of that person. But when someone smiled at it, it would smile. And, it, you know, it's, it was very interesting because that's kind of what Laurent was seeing. He was mm. seeing water reflect his, his expressions. <laughs> and I've seen that in my work too. Um, and the next person, and then that's the end of the people, um, <laughs> Otherwise, I can go on too much, but I think it's nice to put it all into context. Yeah. Is that uh, his name was Thomas Hieronymus, and he was a radionic engineer, and he made an interesting observation that when he went into a Parisian meat market, he observed that the freshly placed organs of an animal appeared to be affecting the way the frost froze on the glass behind where they were placed. For example, the... Um, the frost would freeze into the shape of a liver organ above the liver organ, and so on and so forth. And his hypothesis was there seemed to be some kind of life force energy emanating out of these organs, even though they were no longer attached to an animal. And he put that down to the fact that there was water in the blood, and that the water in the blood had still had this blueprint and it was sharing information with the water that's in the air. And then that froze, sharing the information and forming structure. And even Rudolf Steiner says to his students, or said to his students, you know, um, look at the difference between the way the frost freezes on a butcher's window compared to that of a florist's. And mm -hmm. so that then led me on to thinking, well, I mean, this is all very interesting. And what inspired me about Thomas's work is that he was seeing it with his naked eye. He wasn't doing anything microscopic. And I didn't, back then, nine years ago, have a microscope. So I was like, well, you know, like, what can I do? The secret seems to be in the freezing. And, um, it's kind of where the invisible becomes visible. Mm. And people don't tend to look in their freezer all that much unless they're opening it to get something out or put something in. We don't tend to even really look at ice cubes very much, but they're actually really interesting. And, well, if you're me, they're really interesting. <laughs> and then, um, and so 
I I had some amazing spring water that I'd had a healing experience with, and I had a glass petri dish from another project I was working on, and so I thought, well, you know, I think I'm just going to like project a thought into the water, and freeze it in my freezer and see if something happens. That was like my very basic rudimentary thought and I had zero attachment to what would happen because I figured I don't know if this is going to work because I don't have a microscope and whatever you know all the regular things you might think yeah so I was holding my petri dish of water in my hand and I saw this bit of fluff floating around in there and I'm like oh god so I put my hand in to take the fluff out now, consciously thinking, I wonder if my hand will have any impact on the water's quote-unquote memory. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, that'll do. And so I put it in the freezer with, <laughs> with like the peas and the broccoli and the ice cream and all that stuff. And I kind of forgot about it. And then a few hours later, I came back. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's, let's have a look. And so I pull it out and hold it up to the light. And I took a photo on my iPhone. And that photo really launched this the last nine years of work and 64,000 photos of water responding in this way that I'm about to tell you that it does and in the ice was this undeniable hand and Mm. it took up half of the dish and I have to say that when I saw it I there was a there was a a combination of amazement and kind of being freaked out (laughs) and and that's very real like you know this, this kind of thing is not something you would normally see. And yeah. when you experience it for the first time, it's, there's a lot of different feelings that you can feel about it, depending on what the image is. So the image of the hand, I mean, I can, I can show you if, if you want sure. to, or I can talk about it and then just brush over it afterwards. But the photo of the hand looked like... Um, just like an x-ray and I inherited my mother's um, slightly bent fingers (laughs) and uh, the fingers in the uh, picture are also slightly bent Mm. and so it wasn't just any old hand either (laughs) and and so I was like well you know I started questioning myself and I was like, oh, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe I see the hand and no one else will see the hand. So I, I went and showed my son because he's brutally honest. And, <laughs> and I, I, he didn't know what I'd done. And I showed him the photo on my phone. And I said, hey, Rama, what does this look like to you? And he kind of looked up and he said, it's a hand, mum. It's kind of creepy hand, but it's a hand. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And so then I went down to the beach because I thought if any water is going to be naturally informed, Mm. it's got to be seawater. And so I I froze a thin Mm. layer of seawater and I got this amazing fish in the ice with like like these fins and the shape outline and the tail and this perfectly round eye and a gill. And I'm like, holy heck. (laughs) <laughs> what, what's this? You know, what's going on? And, I mean, all again, you can see with your eye. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of when my household freezer became my most used household appliance. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept doing this work. And I kept seeing uh, imagery. And so just to talk about 
that for a second. One of the things that Emoto was criticised for was for, not that he hit it, so I don't really know why he was criticised for it, um, mm. was that he took a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of photos and chose the best ones. Um, I physically couldn't do that even if I wanted to because the ice melts so fast. I'm doing it in the kitchen. And so, yeah. um, and the other thing is that this is happening all the time. It isn't that it, in, in the very early stages, it was, it was kind of crazy because each time I do it, I would get something. I would get this picture. I would get an image. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like I had to do 20 and get one. I was, mm -hmm. it was happening all the time. And then I went through, and I've gone through periods of time that have been relative to my emotional state. Mm. Or maybe I've got a little arrogant thinking I know what water's going to do, or, <laughs> which is a bad idea because, <laughs> <laughs> because it won't work with you if you're in that kind of space. And I really had to work through my stuff mm. to actually get back into a place where I wasn't having expectation, which mm. is a very difficult place to be. When you think you know something and then it stops yeah. doing what you it always did. And it's, <laughs> yeah. so it's, a, it's definitely an invitation to go deeper. Yeah. And then when I did, and I did that self kind of introspect and expectation. Oh, my God, I'm so tired. I can't even speak. Oh. But <laughs> we start like looking, looking um, at, at ourselves deeper and, and we can kind of get through that. And then you get very unattached to an outcome. And I think that's one of the things as people, we tend to get very attached to outcomes. Mm -hmm. I, I remember just digressing slightly, someone saying to me, Toy, talking about love. Mm -hmm. And this person had been in relationships, she's just been hurt and hurt and kept choosing men that were, uh, she thought were different mm -hmm. than the other person and they ended up these repeated cycles of, of mm -hmm. behavior. And she said, oh, love just hurts. Love is so, so painful. Love is this and love is that. Actually, the love part's great. In love and resonance and harmony, it kind of is, it's just a beautiful feeling. But it's our unmet, unmet expectations that really hurt us. And that's we have an expectation of somebody to behave a certain way based on what we think they should do and what we might do ourselves. Um, the relationship that I formed with water has taught me so much more about love. I don't think anymore that water is just the elixir of life. I think water is the elixir of love. And oh. I, I think that it, it really, really is about, it really water is kind of fluid emotion that we can see. Um, we were talking about emotions on a, another podcast I did. And I said that if eyes are the windows to the soul, then tears are an expression of spirit. And that emotion is not something we can say to one another, oh, an emotion looks like this, because there's no physical thing. Right. We can show, oh, our face looks happy when we're happy, or we can, we can do all of that. We can give all the explanation as to why we feel emotional, but what does emotion really look like? one type of way in which we see emotion is when we cry because tears come out of us and in our deepest 
sorrow, but also, you know, if somebody's tickling us like crazy, like my children do, and I can't breathe, and I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing, and I'm saying, stop, and they, but you're thinking it's funny. I'm like, it's not funny. <laughs> but, but, but still, I have the response of tears sometimes. Yeah. But in our deepest sorrow, our body is so sophisticatedly together that when we cry our face is shaped in a way where the tears come out of our eyes come around our cheeks and into our they're designed to go into our mouth because those tears have been ordered in such a way to help ease and heal our pain but always there's that program don't cry oh stop crying it'll be okay actually the tears they're medicine they're really medicine for us and so um, as I continued on this journey, I realized that water likes to design in artistic ways. And, and, and not just like stretching your imagination to kind of make something out, but uh, to really observe it. Mm. Um, so I started using photos of people as an inspiration and I would put my petri dish of water on top of their photo for 30 seconds people always say why 30 seconds I just happen to like it it actually doesn't have to be that long um, and and I and a lot of people think that the longer is better but it's not necessary water is already knowing and, and as you <laughs> develop your relationship with water I've observed that water already knows what I'm gonna do yeah. <laughs> I, I can just wave it over something. I don't need to, it's like, okay. But it takes a while to really, relationships grow and evolve. Mm. And so, um, but anyway, I'll, I'll get sidetracked if I go down that track. So <laughs> I, I would use people's photos and faces and I would see their specific features in mm. the ice. Mm-hmm. And like I did Sadhguru and you saw his beard and his profile and, you, and my friend Wendy and all of these I'll share in a minute um, because really seeing is believing. We, live, we still live in that society where it's like you can talk about it till you're blue in the face but when someone sees it, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, right, okay, I understand. Yeah. But um, there's so many different things you can do you're only limited to your imagination so I would use words uh, write a word and do the same thing and see something that's relative to the word and as my as I started to become more familiar with water and what I say to people in the early stages because I teach people how to do this and I I do workshops and you can download my uh, the way my technique Um, But I always say, before you expect water to just start doing stuff for you, which is the most common thing, because people see my work, um, but they don't see all the work I've already put in for this to happen. And so often that's with life. You know, you see somebody who's become seemingly an overnight success. (laughs) (laughs) That's not really the way it is. Um, there's usually years of work it's it's there's lots going on there Um, but I say get to know your water Mm. like become curious Mm. that's a really good kind of word and and place to be 
and yeah. and so if you if you're using tap water get to understand what the regular patterns of your tap water look like you know mm. and when you do that and you go oh yeah i can see that that tap water the lines are quite disordered um occasionally it might do this but uh, but then when you put it into like um like a like a singing bowl and you pour the tap water that you once you know its patterns and you put it into the singing bowl and you play the bowl and then you take some of that water and you freeze that you'll notice that there has been a structural change mm. you may start seeing fern shapes you might see little hexagons you might see little flowers you also might see more curved long shapes mm. that means that there has been a structural change yeah. and that fundamentally is so helpful because that's even if you and you can use any modality you can use reiki energy on your water you can take that water and i say to people you know that really don't have a lot of other things they can do i say well put some water into a bottle hold it to your heart mm. and wait until it can hear your heart beating mm. and in the same way that that tears are like a medicine and in a similar way um, although I, I mean, I, I don't know, I haven't done this myself, but I've certainly read that, it, that it's a thing where you can put a seed and hold it in your mouth for a period of time so that the saliva shares information about your body to the seed mm -hmm. and then plant it and the plant will actually grow abundant in the minerals that you're lacking. So it's like a medicine that's for you. Wow. And so if you kind of think about it in, in that way, then the water that's held to your heart is you're sharing your information mm. with the water. It gets to feel your resonance, your song. You know, all our cells mm. are moving and they're vibrating and they have their frequency. And the water, it, it knows all of that about you. You're connecting. If you hold it long enough, it will understand what you need. But if you are also done a lot of work, that's another way where you can give back to the water. Yes. And you can actually, you know, I say that water has what I call an energetic state of health. And I say that because in my more professional capacity a few years ago, I worked for um, some people who, where my main role was to... Um, identify the crystallographic patterns of different types of water what is their signature pattern and this is a very interesting um, observations but when you see that certain waters hold have certain patterns like spring water um, will generally form what I call uh, star or fern hexagons they're kind of like a star shape they don't have like the lines around them but you can see that they're a hexagon and they have like ferns on each line mm. <clears throat> and they're very very common with what you would see in a healthy spring water and as I just said tap water tends to be disordered and I won't go into all the RO and everything else with all those stuff but but when you see that a water change tap water I kind of suggest is a little bit like someone who's sick um, if somebody is told by their doctor that they have a disease so um, 
how they feel though is up to them. That's their emotional um, sovereignty. We actually don't, sometimes I hear children say, I hear adult say it sometimes, I can't help how I feel. I can't help how I feel. Um, and it really feels like that. Emotions are so powerful. And I, you have to honor and respect, you know, people that are feeling their emotions. Sure. But, you, but everything we do, and like some, someone said the day before yesterday, you know, we're in the driver's seat here. Mm. Um, we do is really, a, it, it is a choice. It comes down to we mm. have a choice of how we're going to feel about something, even yeah. though it might not feel like we do. Mm. And I think all of us can relate to that mm-hmm. because like anger can just fire up fire up and I had a conversation I've had a lot of conversations recently (laughs) this morning and and um around anger and I said what's the opposite of anger because when I was stuck in traffic um (laughs) last night because of this big car accident Mm. um and hours and hours and hours Mm. we were stuck in traffic and all these people were slowly going by and I was like seeing one guy was just like slammed his hand on the steering wheel and he was like really mad and like people you could see them just like oh my god this is so annoying so frustrating sometimes road rage is a really real and a thing that we all can physically see people getting enraged um and quite often when, when someone gets really angry with someone or something and that they just feel like the world is just against them and like F this and F that and all that stuff and they kind of like tear off in their car and all of these different kinds of things and they think like, there is all this kind of, you know, play out of, well, I'm a really good driver and I can drive super fast and I can do this and I can do this and, then, you know, I'll be fine. But um, actually being in anger and doing something or anything, um, you're really reacting in a way in which is, um, it can be very dangerous. And so when I was thinking like, what, what, is, what is a nice parallel or opportunity to kind of go from anger into something or use mm. that and transmute yeah. that into something else? Because... Yeah. You know, often we'll think, oh, well, you know, it's happy or it's this or it's this. You can't right. easily go from angry to happy. Yeah, That's not right, necessarily right. realistic for people that are feeling right. furious. Yeah, but sure. I, but yeah. I actually think it's more um, protect, like a, a protective. Mm-hmm. So if anger's coming up, then if you can transmute that into a protectiveness, especially I find for men, because men... In, in, in I've been around some. Ex- I've had first-hand experience with with that, um, where I've been in a very dangerous situation with someone in a car who was really angry, mm. and um, and we ended up being in a, like a a really horrendous car accident, and he died, mm. and he did it on purpose. He said, "If I can't have you, no one can." and turned the car into the truck. And so I'm speaking from absolute experience. But if he had gone into this place, if he could, but he had been got clinically depressed, so his chemicals were all out of whack. 
but he could have gone into the space of if I can use that energy to be protective. Protective. And so two things. Firstly, protective of the people you care about and protective, there's, there's something protecting your heart. So that anger is kind of like um, a firewall for something else. Mm. It's like a play out for the frustration or pain or something that's happened from when you were young or all these different kinds of stuff that's just deep seated and it comes out every now and then. Mm. And it's like, what is your relationship with your emotions? Because mm -hmm. that is a relationship with water. If water really is emotions we can see, we can't deny that also anger is one of those emotions. But really, what is your relationship with anger? And what is your relationship with joy? What is your relationship with happiness, with sadness, with grief, with all of the different stuff? And often it will come down to very simple things, which we can then, if we get to that place, if we're strong enough to look it in the face and go, why do I react like this? this mm -hmm. how do I want to respond we get back into that place where it's like I have an opportunity to decide how I want to respond so there have been times where I felt angry because someone put me in a position of danger because they were angry mm -hmm. but how I deal with it it's it's like it's interesting because I tend to wait I've learned to wait mm. even though you know it's like that boiling feeling again an analogy mm -hmm. to water that yeah. boiling feeling it boils up and it, it even within kundalini and the idea of energy movement I mean really that's all of the waterways like it's like this water blaster sometimes that just like fires up out of us and so if we understand that feeling, if we're in a relationship at least with our emotions and they're not taking us over, if we can feel them as they're coming, then actually I think we're able to go, okay, um, and what do I want to do now? Like, what do I want to do now with this emotion? Yeah. Uh, how do I want to transmute it? And so I tend to just, I, I, I wait. Because I don't want to say anything I don't mean. Mm. Yeah. And I also want it to be something that ends up transmuting into something that is positive mm. and empowering. And so because I've had that experience of that car, I'm able to say something like, I honor your anger and frustration. We all, mm. feel that. we all feel that. But you have, if someone is driving like a maniac, and I know, I know this because there's lots of people that have been in these situations, and even worse when there's children in the car. Yeah. And it's this thing where it, you don't have a right to put my life at risk. Right. Mm -hmm. And... So the lesson here is that uh, it's not that you don't make me feel safe, which is such an important part of for men and women to feel free and safe. Yeah. It's not that you don't make me feel safe. 
but I don't feel safe with you when you're angry. Right. You need to come into right relationship with your anger. And there's a lot of people in the world today that are in fear and frustration. Those things yeah. can lead to other emotions, which can be very yes. unhelpful. So starting to feel into them, like become mm. curious. Look at the face in the mirror, so to speak, and see this, like, who do I want to be? Like, I actually have freedom to feel what I want to feel. That's a very rare thing because we always say, I can't help how I feel. <laughs> and uh, so that's a tangent about that. Anyway, <laughs> um, so within this, this realm of seeing all these images, I started to become more curious around the fourth phase of water. So Dr. Gerald Pollack is a, a friend of mine and, and mentor. Um, he talks about the fourth phase of water. So there's a liquid, solid, gas, and then a type of gel or plasma. And that's actually the kind of water inside of our cells that has negative charge. It's more viscous. Um, it absorbs more light. Uh, it's got a slightly higher pH. Um, and so our body converts regular water into this um, different type of water, which is actually H3O2. And... It's interesting, though, and, and that ends up being a battery. So essentially, there's something called an exclusion zone, an EZ zone inside of our cells, and it means uh, that it excludes all solates. So it kind of creates this little area which is positively charged, and it negatively charged, sorry, and the rest of the bulk water is positively charged. And when you have a negative and a positive, you've got a battery. So it's like we have these little batteries inside of our cells that give us energy and help for our immune system and all of this, and they expand in infrared light. And so that's why infrared saunas are great, and uh, walking barefoot is great because that is absorbing negative charge. And so that kind of water can also be outside of the body. In springs, for example, any water that's been under a lot of pressure Forms, tends to form EZ. And so it's the stage between molecular chaos and molecular order as well. Molecular mm -hmm. chaos is your glass of water that's updating its information every trillionth, trillionth of a second. Mm -hmm. Molecular order really is, it becomes, water starts to become ordered and then, it's, and then when it's frozen, it's in a state of suspension. So when people say to me that are learning to use this technique, does, does you, do you have to like have a dedicated freezer to this work? Does it have to be empty and only for this? And, um, and, and that comes into relationship too. It's like, well, no, because that's not real life. Right. Not, not right. terribly many people have a free, spare freezer just for cosmography. <laughs> And, and, you know, most of us have a freezer full of stuff. And yeah. so that's real. But anything that's frozen is in a state of suspension. So it's not influencing the water. And so what I started to observe, which is why I was talking about fourth phase water, I became more and more familiar with that. I wanted to see if I was missing something. And... Um, I started opening the freezer earlier and earlier and earlier to see what was going on in there and I observed that within around about five minutes, and it's different for each freezer setting, um, 
something interesting happened where I, I the water kind of splits into two phases where it's, um, of course, it's ice and it's liquid. I call them informed and uninformed water. Mm. So in the same way that you have um, a glue and glitter picture, when you were a child, you might have been given a piece of paper and a glue stick and you mm -hmm. draw a, a picture with the glue stick, you get some glitter or sand and you sprinkle it on and mm. then you hold it up and you shake it off. So your conscious expression, your influence is the glue mm -hmm. and the water that has been most attracted to that inspiration it is adhering to the glass petri dish and creating and designing mm -hmm. and then the water that has not um, taken on as much of that information is tipped away and then you freeze what's left behind it's a very simple technique but what you want to be doing is capturing the first freeze because water mm. freezes in mm. layers. Mm. It's a really interesting thing. Even if you freeze water for around about 15 minutes, which is way too long, but it's not completely frozen. Mm -hmm. And I always in my workshops, I demonstrate that. And you'll see you can crack through various different layers of water. And what we're wanting, though, is the first freeze. That's the, the, the freeze which is going to show you and reveal to you the most information relative to what you were thinking. However, because water is the rebel element and it defies the laws of <laughs> physics and gravity and it, uh, it also has its own expression, and this is an important thing, I think, to talk about, is that always... Because Emoto has paved the way for people to understand or comprehend that water is responsive to thoughts, words, etc., etc., um, what I've observed over all of this years now is that it, it's not that it's just responsive to us, but it appears to be able to communicate, mm -hmm. which is an entirely different kettle of fish, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so what do I mean by communicate? When I'm talking about water in that way, I'm not talking about water kind of being like a photocopier, like it, well, you show it a photo and it'll show you the picture. Although I've, I've seen that multiple times and I, 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 I kind of rarely do that anymore because water doesn't I don't I don't feel like I need to I'm more interested to actually see what water has to say mm -hmm. and so um, what I mean by being responsive is when I'm when I'm proved wrong in my thinking quite a bit and that happens a lot you know <laughs> Because it, it's hard sometimes when you see something repeated. So I've done a lot of repeat studies. For example, the sound of om, it tends to like mm -hmm. form these round circles, like um, yeah. rings, rings in a tree trunk. Mm -hmm. And so in my arrogance, I assumed that if I played a gong, it would probably do something similar. Mm. It's not like a really terrible kind of assumption, but it's still, it was still <laughs> an assumption. Like a, as far as assumptions go, it could have been much worse. But, <laughs> but still. Um, 
And so rather than show me anything to do with circles or designs like that, Water designed the actual gong with a mallet, <laughs> mallet on top. It showed the instrument. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I wasn't expecting that. And <laughs> so I've asked Water questions, not showing it anything. Mm -hmm. And I've asked Water, do you know my name? And it designed this V. A, linked in exactly the same way that I actually link my initials when I'm, when I'm writing and signing things. And I've said to Water, um, could you connect to my mum? And mm. so my mum, she passed away in 1999, and she really was like truly an angel on mm. earth. And I live, used to live in Japan, and it was before the days of cell phones and uh, computers, and all this yeah. stuff may kind of make me sound like I'm 100 years old. But, um, but anyway, so we would write letters to each other. Mm. And, and at the end of every letter, my mother would attempt to draw a circle because her circles were really bad. <laughs> and, um, and she'd put a heart inside of the, the, the circle that looked like a misshapen roti. And, um, and so in the ice, after asking the water that question, I saw a misshapen circle with a heart in the middle. Oh. And it was so meaningful and beautiful mm. to me. And now every year on her birthday, I do the same thing. And I get, it, they seem to be getting more beautiful. I get a, a misshapen circle with a heart in the middle. And oh. so as we kind of go along with asking questions, for example, I've um, done work using words which we which even from an artistic point of view, we would all interpret something different. So I used the word ego, mm -hmm. which is which when you are needing to draw ego, I mean, people would all kind of come up with something eventually, um, but it's not something that you, we have. We don't necessarily have a, a, a sort of symbol or um, for yeah. ego. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's a very human word. Um, and it's, it's kind of like a, it's, it's a philosophical kind of thing as well. It's like, it's mm -hmm. like you can talk in great detail about what ego is. Um, and it's going to kind of probably be different for different people. But mm -hmm. when I wrote the word ego, and I have to say that water doesn't read words. Water reads the energy of words. Mm -hmm. Um and so within that word ego, I got this inflated like body, shoulder, big shoulders and this like, like skinny neck and this little face and this giant balloon head. Mm. And it was an art piece. Really, you could sit there and go into like depth about the significance of what that all meant. But how could water really know what ego is mm -hmm. mm. and design it in a way in which seriously it could just have be on like a wall somewhere in an art gallery and people could go and discuss about what mm -hmm. that significance of that piece would be. I wrote the letters IVF in vitro fertilization. We know that means that, but I just write the letters IVF and um, did use my technique and saw this 
kind of syringe going into a round circle like an egg. Wow. Oh. And so I've done, I mean, I, like I mentioned earlier, it's 36,000 photos of work. Um, yeah. and, and really the, there is so much power in, the, in, in, in that body of work. But the sophistication of which I say, so, so people say to me, okay, well, is your consciousness, yes. is it the, your consciousness that's doing this? And it's reading your, your mind, your thoughts. Mm. You might have a thought what ego looks like. You might have, you know what IVF mm. is and all of this kind of, which is perfectly um, and a very adult way of thinking as far as <laughs> adult, adults are so analytical. <laughs> Yeah. And um, and all of that, but children and I, I. Prior to the whole last couple of years, I would go into schools and do a study. I mean, basically go in and talk to the children, and we did like a cross between an art and water science project. Mm. And children, um, I would say to them, you know, maybe think of something, some something you love, like or just anything, like whatever, whatever you want. And write like write what that thing is, and um, and write your name. And they really were the images that I got from children were remarkable, mm. and they had no kind of real preconceived idea about what right. would happen. Um, and so, what I tend to say to people when they say, "Well, it must be your consciousness influencing the water." And even scientists say that. I'm like, well, that's, I mean, even if minimum that actually is true, then that is saying that water stores information and has a connection to consciousness. Now consciousness has an expression um, of which is received in water. However, I've done a lot of studies in dreams with dream work. Mm. And uh, I have put a Petri dish of water beside my bed with the intention that it captures some part of my dream. When you're sleeping, you're not in your conscious state, and I'm and I have no idea what I'm going to dream when I go to sleep. I'm not quite that advanced yet, so <laughs> and so I I'm like, well, you know, I I'm setting that intention, and I've done a, a whole study that people can get and, and look at, and and I've dated it and you know written what the dream was. And I, I've always been able to rem mostly, mostly remember my dreams. But on the odd occasion when I would have forgotten my dream, the image is so clear in the ice that it jogs my memory and it reminds wow. me of the whole dream. <laughs> and so one example is I was in the sailboat. I've been watching something on, I don't know, so much subconscious stuff comes into our realm and right. in the right. dream world. And I dreamt that I was in this um, little ship and, um, and it was like the waves were like going and so big and I was feeling seasick. It was going on and on forever. I was like, when is this ever going to be over? And, um, and the, in the ice there was a, a, a little ship with these giant waves. <laughs> and it was like, oh. And another dream was that I was walking through a forest and I heard this little kind of meowing kind of noise. It wasn't a cat noise, it kind of sounded like it. And there was this little baby silky thing that looked like a part, like a, partly an otter and partly a cat or something like that. Yeah. And it was really silky, like the, the, it had this beautiful kind of 
black silky silky shiny fur it was really cute and I picked it up and I went to find its mother and found the mother and it was like feeding all the babies and I put it with the babies and started suckling and mum kind of looked at me and we looked at each other and it was that was really the dream the dream however seemed to go on for hours but you know it it, it really it, it, that was the essence of that dream but clearly in the ice and I would say people say well how do you get like different colors coming through because when you see my work you see there's lots of different colors that come through the layer of ice is actually very thin and it allows for colors to come through from the background mm -hmm. and it's almost like water um, plays and works with light to really help define mm -hmm. imagery so I got this image of this thing that looked like a cross between a kind of an otter and a cat like uh, the mum and all the, the little babies Ooh. and oh. one lady said because I post every a lot of this stuff yeah. and she said um, I, I, I didn't even know that it was um, your ice stuff I thought you'd posted a picture of a cat like oh. eating oh. kittens and it, it, was a, it was a remarkable picture so but the, the interesting part about that is that it's as if water was able to accompany me on this mm. journey through the subconscious and unconscious space. Yeah. And so that kind of brings me into this idea that there are two types of water in things. Two types mm. of water in people, two types of water in egg white, for example. Mm. <coughs> I, um, I, I, in... In people, I think that there is the water we drink that hydrates us, that is work, you know, you, we use in all the different processes of our lives. And then I think there is what's termed this drop of water, like a drop of conscious water, drop of consciousness. Mm. And in various different philosophies and texts would say there is this spark of God or the spark mm. with this, this uh, drop within us. And I think because we have electrical charge and that electrical charge can be measured in, as a field of energy that can mm -hmm. be measured through heart math, for example. Our heart yeah. gives like a certain energetic field. Yeah. And because we're not fresh water, we're salt water. Salt is essentially a crystal and it has an electrical component. And so that is like piezoelectricity. So there is this kind of you know, electrical field that we have that comes through this liquid body, the liquid body of us, and comes mm. out. And so we always forget, or we tend to forget, that there's water in the air. And I think that the water in the mm. air is attracted to our electrical charge. And it, it's like this feedback information where that water is, we kind of use it almost like, a giant um, web antenna of energy and that gives us in a, the information into the body and that's how we can feel into a room feel how somebody feels to us without even touching them we're sharing information outside of the physical body but the other thing we can do um, which I think comes into the two types of water is that we firstly I'll say <clears throat> Anything that we see in the world 
is broadened through the lens of the eyes. So anything we hear is heard into the ears. Anything we taste is taken into the mouth. And anything we touch is felt through the body. Do we ever experience anything outside of this body? Everything we touch, we're touching that thing, but we're feeling it through the senses. So we use all these senses to experience the world. What do we ever really experience outside of the body? And I would say that we do experience some things. We mm -hmm. experience things like the, the, having the ability to observe ourselves. When we observe ourselves, and whenever I observe myself, I'm always about here, and I can sort of see myself speaking to you. Like I can observe myself right in this moment. We have this ability to observe ourselves. And it's a wonderful tool. When you do that, you, you're not in judgment of yourself. You're simply mm -hmm. watching. And it's kind of like that witness. Mm -hmm. And so we can all do that. And when we dream, we can actually also observe what we're dreaming. Mm. And we do that. Mm -hmm. People talk about astral travel. How do they do that? And when somebody dies, what happens to their soul, what happens to their spirit, their subtle body, how does that, what, what happens then? Mm -hmm. And so I've spoken to and interviewed several people that have had near-death experiences. And what's interesting is that three of them all said the same thing. They said them felt, they felt, felt their body rising and then they looked down at their body being resuscitated hmm. and thought, oh gosh, I hope that person's going to be okay. <laughs> they had no attachment to the physical, but they yeah. had become the observer. Yeah. So when I think of water, I tend to think of water as the observer. Yeah. And within us, we are bodies full of water, salts, minerals, and consciousness. Mm -hmm. We are ultimately creating memories of, in every moment, but we're not even realizing we're doing it. Whenever mm -hmm. we recall anything in our life, anything that has happened to our, in our lives, even down to when we began this conversation, um, that is now a memory. We're, yeah. we're constantly making memories. If we think mm -hmm. of our life, it's all memories. All of it. Yeah. All we really have is now. And in that now, now that's gone. And now, now what I just said, now that's gone. And I'll probably remember myself saying that a few times because I said it a few times and we tend to remember what we do in patterns. And so it's like if we're bodies full of memories, mm -hmm. then how are we holding all these memories? Like what is even is a memory? I mean, that's something to really kind of think about as well. Like, what mm -hmm. is a memory? It's like a snapshot of yeah. time. And how do, we, we, how do we see it in our mind's eye? Yeah. How do we see things in our mind's eye when we are essentially like these, these meat suits? Mm. There's something so incredibly subtle within mm -hmm. these realms, this watery realm of the body. 
And the yeah. secrets, I can tell you, the secrets are always, always in the subtleties. Yeah. And so I, I think when somebody passes, if they still have some electrical charge in their body, they can come back into the body. When that's mm. gone, they then can transition. And that feeling of rising, well, when if, if, the, war, if, it, if, if the sort of spirit drop is a fluid in the body, then I think it, 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 because we know so little about water, honestly, we really don't know yeah. much. We think we do, but we, we just know it may be a drop. <laughs> it may be a drop. Um, and, that, and, and that only until recently even people have been talking about a, you know, this fourth phase of water. But within the ice realm, there are so many different types of ice, even. <laughs> so many. <clears throat> and so because we know so little, I think that there is probably different like subtleties within these within these stages of the liquid solid gas and gel. And so I think that the and we see that water can transmute from a liquid to a gas through evaporation, through boiling. And so I think it's possible that that essence water can go from a, a liquid into a vibrational vapor that that's, that's high, such a high frequency that we can't see it with our naked eye. But I think um, probably a lot of dogs and cats and animals can. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that transition goes, it's going into a type of gas. So when a gas expands, it cools, which is why people often say they feel spirit as cold. But mm -hmm. what we're seeing is the observer, the non-judgmental observer come out mm -hmm. of the physical. Mm -hmm. And what I often hear from people that have passed and come back, they they step out of judgment. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that this is how it works. And I hope one day the technology mm -hmm. will happen whereby we can see that because if we mm -hmm. were no longer scared of death, what would we do? Yeah. You know, how would we be? How would we feel in this body with that knowledge? Given that we are really made of these immortal things, right. we, we give the term, the human term, dead water, to polluted water or water that's mm. not structured and all these kinds of things that we talk about. But really, water is never dead. It just transitions into yeah. another stage and eventually it will evaporate. We're also made of salts. And salt is a crystal. Crystals are in all of our information, like to hold information in all of our like technology. Um, and it also has this wonderful electrical charge, but it also can like disappear when it's in water. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a liquid crystal, and we are liquid crystals. We're liquid and crystal antennas, picking up information, bringing it into <laughs> ourselves. And, and yeah. so within that realm, when you are cremated, the ashes mm -hmm. are actually salts. Mm -hmm. Salts also don't necessarily die. And it's this part where even... We can, the salt's disappeared, but if the water evaporates, oh, there's the salt. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then there's consciousness, of which of yet people in science have not been able to kind of exactly identify. Yeah. Except that there's an awareness of ourselves. There's, 
They're, we're alive. We, we are able to think. And so, you know, if, if water and salt and consciousness working in, in harmony, there is this idea that we really don't have anything to fear. And, and what I'm going to bring that around to, I think, is the latest work I've been doing, which is something that I call hydroglyphs. And that ties in with the thing I was going to ask you to remind me about, yep. about how water can have a sovereign voice. Yeah. Um, and I did give some kind of examples of water responding in a way in which I didn't know what it would do. And I think that that's very important to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but what was curious to me was that I did a lot of work um, with music, sound. So I think that's really important to, mm -hmm. um, to do because I think it's Quincy Jones said um, that we can't live without two things, water and music. <laughs> and, um, and so Emoto had shown not very, very contrasting cl classical music versus heavy metal. And I can almost guarantee mm -hmm. that whoever did the study on heavy metal didn't like it. <laughs> and, and so yeah. I have never known water to be in judgment. My oldest son, he said to me, a very valid point, he said, I don't really, I, I don't want to listen to classical music all day. He said, I like rap. I want to listen to some Tupac and some like this and this and this and this, <laughs> you know. And, and he says, that's my jive. And like, you know, is water just, is water hating it in my body? And I said, I've never ever known water to ever be in judgment. Yeah. Mm. Ever. Water is expressing to the sounds of different frequencies and your feelings and your energy. Mm. Yeah. If, if rap is your thing, then, then you do you. And, <laughs> but I went on this rampage of doing all different genres of music to see how water might respond. And I included some heavy metal and I included some Bob Marley and I did some drum and bass and some um, electronic music and house music and like drum, African drumming and chanting and like... I don't know, like the Little River Band and all kinds of stuff, you know, and country. And, and what I saw was that water designs in so many different ways that are relative often to the word, to, to like a word in the, um, in the song. Mm -hmm. And so what I started to see, and I did some repeat studies on music, which is easy to do because you just go ahead and play the same song. Um, and I used the song Stairway to Heaven. Mm -hmm. And I did like 12 repeat studies over a period of time. Not, not, a lot of them I didn't do back to back because people could say, oh, well, there's some resonance still in the Petri dish, even though you've washed it. So I would do them over a course of weeks or months. Yeah. And I would always see the stair, stairway appear yeah. in the ice. And I'm, after the, I don't know, 10th time, I started to wonder if that actually could mean stairway. And so I wrote the word stairway and I used my technique and I saw a stairway in the ice. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if I'd do it again and then did it again. And then I did it again and again. I did it 50 times. 
And I did 50 times over a period of time. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I actually think that means stairway. <laughs> this, this is kind of really not what I was expecting here, which is always good because then I know I'm on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> and so what then happened was that I thought, well, what do you do with a stairway? And I was like, well, you, you climb up it. But specifically to that that song is like a stairway up to heaven. Yeah. Um, and so I wrote the words climb up and I got the stairway. And I did that. So to get one what I call hydroglyph, I have to have seen the same image appear in the ice at least 50 times, which mm. you can see then it is not random. And so what I started to realize is that this, the hydroglyph was, was stairway is layers of meaning mm. and now I have somewhere in the region of 35 hydroglyphs for different words and each word wow. has a story as to why I've used it mm -hmm. now what's so interesting about this is that I have a private Facebook group called the secret intelligence of water CMP lab which is like a massive mouthful I don't know why I had to make it so <laughs> and um and it's only for people that are actively using my technique. So I will, I, for people's um, kind of just protection, I suppose, and to keep, to make it um, comfortable for the people that are in the group, I require people to either have done my, done my workshop or have the technique and are actively using it yeah. or intend to. And so um, what's interesting is that Within that realm, within that group, there's lots of people sharing really interesting stuff. And so the first lady, I, I saw, she, she started posting and I saw these amazing images she was getting. And so I reached out to her and I said, wow, you have a relation, amazing relationship with water. Like this, this, these pictures of these dogs are like amazing. And she said, told me her story. And this is relative to hydroglyphs because she's now working with me helping me discover layers of meaning of hydroglyphs. She's in Slovenia. Um, but her story was that she had uh, been doing the technique for nearly six months. And all she saw was what she terms as grass, grass-like <laughs> shapes over and over again. She says, in Slovenia, water only ever does grass. <laughs> and, and, but she'd also been going through her own kind of stuff. And that is not to be denied. But then she kind of came out of some of that emotional stuff and she'd also had some physical stuff going on. And she has had two dogs. One dog had passed away and the other dog had been unwell. Mm. And so <clears throat> she started to get more interesting crystallography as she started to become more in right relationship with herself and feel better about who she was mm. and all these things. And so she was been really worried about her her dog that was not well, and he was like a an um, whippet I think, and his her other dog was an mm -hmm. Afghan dog, so they're very specific looking dogs. And um, and so she'd said she she'd written the word tulip or something. She wanted the water to show her a tulip, and but all all week she'd been worried about this dog. And so what she got in the water were these images of her dogs. And she was like, oh, but mm -hmm. I asked for a tulip. 
<laughs> and then and and she said, but it gave me the dog. And she said, I was so surprised to see my dogs. Mm. And um, she said, because there was a little dog standing on the head of the big dog, and the little I think mm. the, the one had, was the one that passed. Mm. Mm. And she said she found these tiny little things that looked like tulips around the side. And she oh. said, why, why did water show me the dog and didn't show me the tulip? And I said, mm. because water doesn't do small talk. <laughs> goes straight, <laughs> straight wow. into the heart of you. Oh. You know, art is the heart of water. And it designs mm. so beautifully. But then I said, look, you know, you clearly have this wonderful relationship. And I said, I commend you for keeping going for six months when you were only seeing grass. Wow. Mm. And... So what's interesting is that now I have um, someone in India and some people in the States, someone in Australia. Obviously, I'm originally from New Zealand. And we're all seeing hydroglyphs. Mm. And we're, we're able to find, starting to find these layers of meaning. And to do that, someone from across the world. And this is different water, different country, Right. You know, so it's like a global language. Yeah. And yeah. so what, and, and it's so actually so sophisticated. For example, the creation glyph, which is my, one of my most favorite glyphs. Um, I recently posted it on Instagram, um, like actually as it's, as it's kind of starting to melt. Mm -hmm. And you can, you can really see it and you can see how textural mm -hmm. it is. Mm. The creation glyphs have these little two, what I term as seeds at the bottom, and then these waves that take up the entire dish. It's a very specific mm. look. But what's so interesting about the creation glyph is that there can be three or four, there's, there are four stages of it. So sometimes you'll see two or three in one dish, and sometimes you'll see one stage of it. In, in the really kind of one I just described where it's really wavy, um, that is also the meaning of fire. Then there's one which has no seeds and it's just the waves and that's water. Then you have one that looks like feathers, that's air. And then you have one which looks like speckles, that's earth. So within the creation glyph we have elements. And I haven't found what ether is yet, but I can guarantee it's going to be there. Right. And so within that, within that, I thought, oh, elements. it means creation. But now I've mm -hmm. seen it also has these elements, which yeah. is so interesting. And I was um, trying to see if water could show me something in a time frame, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and all this, and it doesn't do that. And it, it won't, it, it won't, do, it won't do you. It won't do yes or no either because that's mm. just um, too I, – I, I mean, I don't know. I don't even – I can't even guess as to why I don't see that because it, it's me assuming that I think I know with my – with this misconditioned mm. mind. Right. So mm -hmm. um, so I, I ended up going to holidays like Easter and Christmas and like Waitangi Day, which is a New Zealand public holiday and things like that. But I wouldn't do really anything. And then um, a lady who's we're working on a mini series about my life and work, um, and so she directed a, a series, kind of became a cult series, 
uh, called Magical Egypt. Hmm. So she's very familiar with hieroglyphs. And she suggested to me that I try before and after an event, pre and post. So it's kind of like a wedding. Mm. Mm -hmm. Go into, think about all the planning that goes into a wedding. There's so much energy going into the, just before it happens. Mm -hmm. And then after that, then there is married life. The actual ceremony was like, it's like, one thing but all the energy is on either side Mm. um the build up and then the imprint of whatever that was if it's like any kind of ceremony whatever Mm -hmm. and so i wrote pre and post christmas i didn't get anything pre and post this and this and this nothing i got pre and post easter which we've just had which Mm -hmm. is actually also relevant to the full moon and I got something. I got pre-Easter is a cross with a, at the top of the cross, there is a line that goes as if it's going to start making the shape of a kite. Mm. There's a line on one side, and that means pre-Easter. Post-Easter is a cross on its own without the line. And I've repeated and repeated and done that. So I've started to understand pre and post Easter. And given that it's the only time frame outside of seasons like spring and summer and winter that I've got from water, for whatever Mm. reason, there's some significance within that. Mm. And um, people have said, well, it it is relative to the buildup of a full moon, but there's also something there. And it's probably for us to know, for us to know now, because water is showing us this these ways in which it can communi- commune with us mm-hmm. um, or perhaps we're also within the watery realm of ourselves. And mm-hmm. so how we start to understand what these hydroglyphs mean requires a lot of deprogramming mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because, for example, um, I... I, I have a hydroglyph, which is a coin, um, and, it, and so far it means money and, and it also means abundance. And abundance doesn't have to mean money. Yeah. Uh, and someone said, well, that seems very man-made, right. you know, a very man-made kind of like, why, why would it show you money? It's got like, you know, all this kind of like um, thousands and thousands of years of, of information and what you know (laughs) that seems like a very um, human construct well firstly (laughs) um, if you consider that water and coins uh, and people have had a relationship for centuries if you just look at wishing wells and how many coins Mm -hmm. are in there and Mm -hmm. even the ancient Romans and Greeks would put a a coin on each eye of a deceased person so that they would Mm -hmm. have money to pay the ferryman to go across the river Mm -hmm. to get to Hades. And this idea that even the coin is round, which was one of our most ancient Mm -hmm. symbols. And so it brings you into what, well, what is money Mm -hmm. to you? And if, if water has a language and it's wanting to communicate with people, the more symbology that it has, the more complex the communication can be. 
Right. What money has been started can be shelves, it can be beads, it can be all yeah. kinds of trade. And, it, it, you know, it, how, what is your relationship with money? You know, mm. what is your own worth? You know, it doesn't just have to be in that one train of thought. Yeah. We just go that way because that's our regular life, is it? Yeah. And so it's, interest, it's interesting because this is communication going on. If we don't have a symbol for money, then we also don't, ha you know, we're, we're, we're missing out on a great deal of information that might be helpful mm. if Ward is trying to put it into context somehow. So then when you have different symbols together, there is a way in which you can start to like read what this message is. So, for example, the symbol for living as well as gratitude, that's its layered meaning, is this, this, that star hexagon shape that I talked about earlier that you might see in spring water. Because mm -hmm. I was thinking of living waters and because water has an emotional state of health, um, living seemed to be uh, something of which it seems very appropriate um, for spring water. And yeah. so, but the word living is that's the design. And so there was that shape and then love is formed in a heart. And so there was a heart that was sitting inside the living glyph, that, with that hexagon with the ferns. And the, the message, the meaning, from my very rudimentary understanding of like mm. feeling like I've just kind of stumbled upon an entire new language that's never been seen before, um, is that love lives in gratitude because mm. the heart is inside the yeah. living glyph, which also means gratitude. Mm. But we've come to understand that the creation glyph also means love in a different mm. way. There is any, it's like not so much about origins of creation as it is about the relationship with creator and created. Mm. And even with our relationship with what we create mm. and if love is within the thing that we created if we mm -hmm. put love into that it will be in that creation yeah and so um i might whiz through some photos and yeah. show you some yeah, stuff yeah let's do um, that better and then you kind of have a little bit more of a, yeah. a visual i i'm gonna um go out on the limb here that there's so much to explore within this that <laughs> I would love to invite you back so we can continue because even the questions about, you know, almost like this is an introduction mm -hmm. yeah. to all of just the theme and just the perception and just the idea of that. Mm. So continue to go deep and you don't have to answer this right now, but the invitation's out there. We'll go. <laughs> well, absolutely. I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> Got lots of questions. Yeah. <laughs> so, these are the photos that um, Laurent Costa took. These are those microscopic photos of faces and hearts, and you can see how adorable they are. Oh, so cute. <laughs> so cute. And then um, this was... Your hand. hand. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can see it is a kind of creepy hand, but it's definitely a hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the fish. So it's got this texture because it's seawater. You can see mm. the fish, his tail, and his perfectly round yeah. eye, and his fins, and his gill. Mm. 
Um, this is the difference between my old technique and my new technique. Mm. So my, my son did this one, and his name is Rama, and we were talking about his name um, in India, and that, because he's part Indian, and he, um, he's named after Lord Rama, and Lord Rama always has a bow and arrow. We were talking about bow and arrows, and so he simply um, projected the thought of an arrow into the water, froze mm. it. He even photographed this, and you can just see how metallic it looks. Mm, yes. And um, <laughs> But you can see how much light comes through, how mm. it's much more three-dimensional. Yes. Um, this is the two stages of water. There's the liquid, here's the ice, and this is kind of mm -hmm. how it looks before you tip the water out. Yeah. So it's, um, this is important. I, will, I do want to quickly go over this. I was talking to um, an indigenous woman and she said she could speak to bees and trees. And she said that she um, watched a bee, was watching beehives for long periods of time. And a bee came out and in, however it spoke to her, it said, uh, we don't mind you watching us, but please don't look at our hive for too long because your conscious expression is putting too much light in the hive and we like it to be a bit darker. Mm. So if our conscious expression <laughs> is adding oh, wow. light to what we're focused on, I think it's important to be mindful of what we are focused on. Yeah. Um, but I think that water uses light to design. And I mm. call the space uh, in between liquid and ice the space of creation. Mm -hmm. So these are the very first spikes of ice that are formed. I've managed to yeah. capture this photo. You can see there's this light around it. Yeah. So I think that when you have relationship with water, when you're looking at water, you're also giving your light to water. Mm. And it helps that water to absorb more of that information and light and then mm. start to build from here. These are those little shoots that start to build and design and they shoot out light wow. before, they, before them. So the light is there almost first. Yeah. Um, mm. And so then so here's just some photos um, of photos oh, wow. of people. So mm -hmm. I used my friend Wendy's photo mm -hmm. in the result. Here's the Sadhguru one. Mm. Um, here's one from a Roman coin. Um, mm -hmm. Here's, this is slightly too frozen, but it's nice for you to see the different stages because yeah. a lot of people freeze things for too long and in the early stages of learning the technique, it can be a little tricky and you can freeze yeah. it too long or too less. But you can see that it's starting to form or his, sure. it's forming yeah. his face. Um, these are just some examples. Here I put my thumb mm. in the water. Um, this is from, <laughs> from Tears from an Onion um, that... Um, that went into water, so I, I collected some tears. Oh, gosh. You can see I designed my wow. iris. Um, here it's like, I can't make it any bigger, but um, it's amazing. I mean, this is liquid water yes. coming in, and this designs like these coming out. It's um, amazing. Really amazing. This, I asked her, there was a pregnant lady in the early stages of pregnancy. I asked her to drink some water and leave me some and think about her baby, which she mm. did. And we've got the baby there. Mm. This looks like an etching, literally. And I, I went into a cafe and I saw there was this dog, like a sh schnauzer dog like this. 
and it was drinking from a bowl that they left out for thirsty dogs and I'm like oh god I don't know if I can I'm, how am I going to ask for this so I, I go <laughs> I say to the lady I said could you please give me like some of that take away cups dog so water dog water and she like okay um, but then I brought it home and froze it and I got such an amazing picture Beautiful. what's cool about the middle one here is that my daughter had a book of all of different birds and this is an owl and so I put a piece of cardboard a halfway down the face of the owl and I put the petri mm. dish of water on top of the cardboard so it didn't see if you want to use that term the eye so it designed the other eye wow um mm. wow this is where I've put water in front of a a movie and left it to it so when I do these I tend to try to stay out of the way of it so I don't watch the movie um I don't stay in the room for the music you know I leave mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and you know that created Batman I've got yeah. ones for Avatar which is the cover <sighs> of my book The Secret Intelligence of Water I've got one from um Jaws various different things that uh, I have done um I mean, like, there's just you know, countless pictures, but they're all beautiful. Um, oh. And kind of, this is the design. This is how I write oh, my initials. Right. Yeah. This is really just for your reference. And this is the best, we've got a more improved ice version. Mm. Um, this is the misshapen harm circle Aww. of the heart from my mom. This is my mom and me. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> um, it's a oh. one. <laughs> the details are just incredible. Yeah, right? Um, this one I did for a friend whose dad had passed, and I asked the water mm. to connect to his dad. And interestingly, it's a, it's a more long story, but um, I had left it overnight, and a lot of the water had evaporated compared to the other dishes, which mm. hadn't, which is very unusual. Mm. And I just froze what was left, and all the water formed into a heart. Mm -hmm. um, these are just some examples of hydroglyphs just to show sort of the process a little mm -hmm. so the hydroglyph for imagination are these empty stars they don't have the lines in them and there are 64 examples of that over here wow. just so See we that. know that it's not random yeah. um, this is uh, one of which we've all seen the people working with me which was, means message Mm. Um, it's what I call a frilled angle. I like to give, uh, try and find an example of something in nature um, that it looks like. Um, so, oh, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. you, there's all the different message glyphs in here. Mm. Um, when I say other potential meanings, it means that I've done quite a number of tests already, but I haven't done 50. Mm -hmm. um, here's the coin. As you can see, it's very three-dimensional mm. um you can really see mm. the kind of details i mean this one looks like it's just yeah yeah covered yeah, yeah it's a gold that, coin yeah. that play on with light in the mm. now this is interesting because this is the fern hexagon that means living and gratitude interestingly mm. it has another meaning that uh, someone who was told they only had a few months to live asked me to find out from water what death looked like. Mm. So when I wrote the word death, I saw the living glyph, and I'm like, oh, that can't be right. Of course, my thought went straight to that can't be right. 
And so I kept seeing it and I'm like, wow, of course, because water doesn't die, water only transitions. It doesn't yeah. see death in the way that we do. Mm. Um, and you can see them all here. Wow. They're really beautiful. Um, the, what I call the winter tree because it doesn't have leaves. It means change. But I am, it's not a potential meaning anymore. It actually means winter. Um, I love this one. I don't even know how. I, wow. I don't even know how you can get such amazing colors. Like wow. sometimes I do a lot at sunset and you get it really plays and the golds and stuff you get, it's really amazing. Mm. Um, the lotus means enlightened enlightenment and purity. Mm -hmm. um, I happen to just like these. I threw oh, these ones and I'm still in the process of putting them all together because I've got so many photos on my phone. Um, but free energy is so cool because it look, this one looks like a pyramid, like a Tesla coil or something, and oh, yeah. geometry is coming out, and it looks very similar, actually, to the spider web. Oh, yeah. Um, and sometimes you will see this, um, you know, in, in conjunction with other glyphs, which is really interesting. So it's really good to see what those are. And I have a list, the hydroglyph PDF you, people can get, and I recommend they do, because mm. if you don't get imagery, it might be well be that, oh, and by the way, that lady from Slovenia that said she only ever saw grass, she did see some other images, but she was only focused on the grass. And so when she went through all her hundreds of photos or however many it was, she started to see that the there were hydroglyphs that she didn't even know what she was looking at and what mm. had been talking to her all along. And so it could be that there are more sophisticated messages there for you that actually, you, you know, water might not necessarily show you um, a cat if you want to see a cat. It might show you a message about your cat through hydroglyphs. Yeah. Right. When I said to water, what is a hydroglyph? It answered me in hydroglyphs with the message mm -hmm. glyph and the living glyph, meaning living message. Mm -hmm. There's that uh, fire, water, air, earth that I was talking yeah. about, mm -hmm. and um, oh, this was a, this this actual this presentation was mm -hmm. for a lady around the health freedom kind of thing. So I haven't I just pulled it up because I'm so I I didn't have, I wasn't sure if you would need it, but um, yeah, I need great. to make a point here that I did this prior to the pandemic. This one, this is not me projecting anything. So mm -hmm. I, I need to make a point of that because I yeah. think it's important. Yeah. Um, and it means pharmaceutical, but it looks, I know it now means chemical, and I, it's looking like it could potentially mean poison. Mm -hmm. um, the bulrush um, is similar to mm. the pharmaceutical yeah. glyph. But wow. this is longer like a syringe. Yeah. This yep, is yep. more like um, a sure. weird hot dog. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and often they're very small and wow. sometimes be more. But addiction, it also looks like it means sugar and potentially abuse. Mm. And so here's what the, um, the stairways look like. Stairs. Mm -hmm. Um, love and then this is here's the tree of life mm -hmm. and that means wholeness 
But in the tree of life, you'll see there's some circles on either side of the trunk. Mm. Those circles are a hydroglyph for the word lungs and breathing. So wow. if you put that all together and it's a, the tree of mm. life, you'll see that it means um, breathing in wholeness. Mm. Um, so here's the one I kind of gave you a talk of a, a suggestion about where this is the fern hexagon with the heart in the middle, which is living and love lives in gratitude or living yeah. in gratitude. Living, yeah, love lives in gratitude. Um, ugh, that's right. Um, I need to, I need to, I should have put another one up. So, I, but again, this is, this is for the kind of health freedom area. But I was talking to a lady, a friend of mine, um, Basically, I froze the water immediately after having a conversation with her. Um, she was sharing about how concerned she was about getting her second vaccine, and she'd already had some difficulties with the first one. Mm -hmm. she, she was really anxious, really anxious. Yeah. And when I froze the water, um, it, it, was, it was so unbelievably clear because mm -hmm. as you saw, the empty star means imagination, but it also... Um, means to to think about. Right. And so this band here with these spikes is the hydroglyph for stress, mm -hmm. anxiety. And it's pretty obvious there's two syringes here oh. for her second oh, vaccine. Yeah. Mm. So that what that's saying <laughs> is essentially everything that just happened, which where she's stressed thinking about pharmaceuticals yes. and the second vaccine. So mm. these are nice, empowering. Um, this is the structures of tap water. This mm -hmm. is the same tap water after mm. it's been in a singing bowl. Yes, very so you can kind of very start to see the the change. Yeah. Um, now I say, water has an energetic state of health. Yeah. It hasn't changed chemically. It's changed structurally. Structure. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. This is global prayers sent to tap water before and after. Mm. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, look at that. Um, I did a study on egg white. And oh. so fresh, free-range chicken eggs, um, there are two types of water in, in egg white, the mm -hmm. gloopy gelatinous part, which is more of the protein for the bird, and this kind of thin part, which is more like saliva, mm -hmm. and um, and and so that thin part is the part I freeze. And there are six patterns that form in healthy free-range eggs, mm. but caged eggs struggle to form one pattern. And across the board, I've seen that the one pattern they usually do is what I call the brain, and mm. so this is what the brain kind of looks like. That's their one pattern. Mm -hmm. But you can see the brain is one pattern, like here's the brain here. Um, yeah. So this is a beautiful, um, free-range, happy hen. And what, was, what I'd done here was put free-range egg beside the um, caged egg and left them overnight. And I've never seen a caged hen uh, egg form any more than one or two patterns mm -hmm. and it started to completely transform over here from sitting oh, ne wow. next to the informed free-range mm. egg 
So, of course, the next thing that people are going to want to say is, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, but. Like what happens if you surround the good egg with bad eggs? Wow. Is, of course, what we are, our understanding of our experiences in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did that. I got, <laughs> I, I, I did, I put, I got a big kind of container of, full of um, caged eggs. And I got um, one free-range egg. And I put it in the middle and I surrounded it um, with circles of what we might term bad eggs. Wow. And um, this is what the bad egg looks like that had, was not beside the, um, the good egg. So the one I put aside, and that's what it, it, it looked like. So now this is the good egg. Mm. Um, after it had been sitting around um, all the bad eggs, mm -hmm. it still was beautiful. It didn't change. Yeah. But what did change is that That's the ones that. that all looked like this started to, wow. Yes. All wow. changed. And so oh. what you see is that it's in proximity. So this is all, yeah. the closer they were, the more complex their wow. patterns. Mm -hmm. Wow. But they're mm. still changed. So yes. in this embryonic kind of stage, we think about what nature wants. If you look in, um, at like um, the runt of the litter often won't survive. It's like the survival of mm. the fittest, all right. those kinds of things. But in this stage, it appears that, of course, nature's want to go into improve itself, not destroy itself. Mm. What Nature isn't mm. in the, in the uh, you know, in this kind of, in the world of, of, of so much destruction, that tends yeah. to be more of a human thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, things kind of like, there is the, the, the things that, uh, there is death and death, and that, that's different. I'm talking yeah. about destruction within life yeah. and, and in the living. And so I think that always there's an upgrade wanting to actually happen. Yes. And if something is sick yes. or not well, it's actually looking to improve. Yes. And so when you, this is really saying that if you work on yourself and you do the work and you heal yourself, you yeah. literally, by proximity, will be helping heal others. Yeah. Mm, um, and there's a lot more work to do in this field, but it's yep. so far extremely interesting. Mm. Um, and it's just like mm. a little taste of some of that. Oh, thank wow. you. You're welcome. Yeah. So um, that wraps up in a good note of the remembering of like all we have control over is ourselves, right? And the deepest work that we can do for everyone mm. is just, just deepen that relationship and just really try to um, just be the more that we can be ourselves is the biggest gift that we can give others. Yeah. It, it really is. And I, I think that sometimes, especially within certain communities, there is this idea that we have to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to um, uh, this woman's kind of breathing circle thing a friend of mine was having yesterday. And we were all asked to say, like, what we're feeling in this moment. Mm. And everyone said something. And I was thinking, well, what do I feel? Like, I'm probably the only person going to say that they're feeling tired. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm really tired. But I said, I feel open and tired. And, like, there's nothing wrong with being tired. And there's nothing no. wrong with also feeling frustrated. 
or there's nothing wrong with feeling all these different things. It's not a right or wrong, but it's yeah. actually just more about being really honest. Yes. Yes. Just um, and come as you are. <laughs> yeah. Because then if people know who you are and how you feel, they know how they can show up for you. Mm. If you're masked all the time, pardon the whatever that right. might be, um, right. then, then how yeah. are people meant to show up for you? Yeah. You know, if they don't really know how you feel. Yeah, because you're not you're showing just, up for yourself, right? I mean, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would, I, I, I love the, the kind of, you talk about source a lot. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I'd like to sort of end with is two things. One is that when you watch and observe water for long periods of time, coming from the mountains, making its way down through tributaries all the way back to the sea, it's always going back to source. We are bodies, we are all bodies of water going back to source. Yes. How we get there, that's our journey. But mm -hmm. we're all going to get there. Yes. And the other thing is that I think that water is not a resource. I think it is source. Mm. Yes. And within that, I think that mm. we have so much power, mm. not the kind of power that overpowers people, but the kind of power that turns on lights. Mm. And I think really it is about finding how our light is going to uh, design within this watery realm that mm. is body. What do we want to be? What kind of masterpiece are we? Mm. And what are we creating? Mm. Wow. Thank you, Veda. You're so welcome. What a friend water is. I feel so <laughs> Such a friend, isn't it? I just... Oh, it is for, for helping us collectively understand mm -hmm. and bring that forth so we can find the light in a more conscious way of what we're here to do and mm, yeah. I had told you that before I'm so grateful that you came and showed yeah. up how lucky are <laughs> oh wow I know Based of the goddess in the work she's doing and the invitation is on for you to come a second time so we can deepen the conversation on yeah. that reflection of the outside water that you so beautifully shown to our internal yes. water. All of that. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I, I love to talk more about all the different things people can do as well. Yes. Even, one thing real quick, you can just, yeah. even if you don't have a vortexing machine or you don't have any of that stuff, as simple outside of your conscious expression, which I found to be amazing, you can mm -hmm. get a spoon and simply stir your water one way and stir mm -hmm. it the other. Mm -hmm. Just creating movement in vortexes, mm -hmm. like water loves to move. I like this to my water. Oh, there you go. As there you go. As that, you don't even need Look a at that. It's got <laughs> <laughs> my daughter. Oh. Thank you for that. Yes. That and we could show that and um can you tell everyone where can they find you before yes, we please. sure um my website is vadaaustin.com and i post daily on instagram which is vadaaustin underscore water and on facebook i think it's vadaaustin at water researcher i think that, that you'll, you'll find me if you just look at yeah. Veda Austin. yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Veda. Thanks for being yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and the same to you. <laughs> <laughs>